0: Guys, it's Tony Robbins. You're listening to Habits and Hustle. Crush it.
1: I have Gabrielle Lyons on the podcast today. And hi, friends. (laughs) Hi, friends. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so many people now start with "Hi, friends." I don't do that. I I feel it's so like it sounds so funny and weird, but. But you're my friend. So, hey, friend. Hi, friend. You're, we're new BFFs. Yes. We, it was love at first sight or like at, at first voice or, yeah. or whatever you want, audio. Or all of whatever. those things. All those for things. Sure. If you don't know Dr. Gabrielle Lyons, she's the girl all about protein, muscle, longevity, and everything in between. She did a TED Talk, which I loved. Thank you. I think you were one of the first people I sent it to you. Yes. Well, thank you. And I think I sent it to like 10 people <laughs> because you hit it like right on, like on the nose, which you do with a lot. Of, I tend to obviously agree with a lot of the things that you talk about. Um, oh, so we
0: can be friends. Yeah. Otherwise, 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 like see you
1: later. Yeah. Cause you know how that's, that's how it is now in the world. Like God forbid, if I don't agree with you, it becomes like a fight with people. Like there's no such thing as having opposed opinions. Right. Right. It's, it's so odd. It's so, it is so bizarre to me. But I do tend to agree with a lot of (laughs) things you're saying because you do talk my language. By the way... She's like literally four feet soaking. I am in. not. I was pounds five, soaking wait, wet. Wait, first of all, I'm
0: <laughs> five foot one. Don't take that away from me because actually- Five foot one. Yes, because you shrink. Heels. Yeah, well, as you, we age, we're eventually going to shrink. So if I start at five foot one, <laughs>
1: yeah, then true. if I
0: get to five foot and then maybe a little shorter, I, I'm good with it.
1: Yeah, okay. I'm telling you, in heels, she's five foot one. But okay, and you're also like three pounds soaking <laughs> wet, if that, and the hair's two pounds. <laughs> so I'm just saying, whatever you're doing, I want to know- not only do I want to know, but your, what you're doing as your own habits. Let's talk about, like, you are a, like a doctor, right? Yes. I shouldn't say a real doctor. A real
0: doctor with a real medical degree. Right. So
1: what is your actual, yeah. ba- like, your educational background?
0: It's long- and abrasive, and I don't recommend anyone to do that. <laughs> I think that there's a lot of other things nowadays that people can do, but I started in my undergraduate, which I won't make this a very long story, but it's relevant for what I'm doing now. Okay. I did my undergraduate in human nutrition, vitamin mineral metabolism, which is very relevant. And then I went to medical school, and then I did two years of psychiatry training so
1: real when I say I don't mean to say real medical school but yeah. you, so a real physician an is an MD
0: a, is actually I'm a DO an MD and DO are licensed the same Okay Oh, I Um, didn't
1: know that they are are fully
0: licensed the same in all fifty states. Okay, I chose to go to DO school because I'm very interested in muscle, and I was very interested in the difference in training. Is MDs and DOs have the same medical training, with a DO having an addition of musculoskeletal training. Got it. Okay, there's no difference in surgery capacity. An MD or DO could be a neurosurgeon. An MD or DO could be an orthopedic surgeon. There's no difference in training. I had no idea. Yes. So after medical school, I went and I
1: prescribe medication. That's right.
0: I'm a fully licensed physician. Okay. Yes. Good. Go on. Sorry to interrupt you. No problem. Then I did two years of psychiatry training, which was actually an MD training. And then I did three years of family medicine. And then I did a two year fellowship, which also is MD training in obesity medicine, geriatrics and nutritional sciences. Oh, my God. How long are you in school for? Gross, like 17 years. Jesus. Like I said, there's way... I mean, oh yeah,
1: that's a long time. I recommend
0: other pathways. Well, of, or if you are a glutton for punishment, then you can go ahead and do the same pathway that I did, but to have just know that you'll be in school forever till the center of the earth cools actually.
1: And the reason and the reason why I'm even am bringing that up and I wanted you to say all that is because every like now every Tom Dick and Harry can go on social media or anywhere and spew out lots of factoids that are not real, not true, but you're coming from a place of science and backed data backed information and experience and experience for where you speak, which well, I, is important I think to well, know. Well, I
0: want to point something out, most people are not unfortunately discerning, and you are very discerning. And you know, my husband, we were just facetiming yeah. before, who is now He's a, a rock surgeon. Star. Yes, totally. He's an MD surgeon, and we look at social media. There's so much influence, and that's actually why I wrote the book. So I did write a book, which I'm going to share. But the reason is there's so much influence, and in people there's not a barometer for where potentially someone's zone of expertise is. Yep. So anyone can go on there and talk about whatever, but the information isn't either clinically relevant or they don't have clinical experience or they're not trained to be discussing what they are discussing. And it's fascinating. We've never lived in a time like that before. This no, is never. this is new. Uh, so it does take a very discerning eye.
1: It does. and it, and that's you, that's the, that is the key word discerning. you have to be discerning. and that's why I wanted to start off this whole podcast by giving your background because I want people to understand that you know, I try to have people on the podcast who speak from a place of experience and and practice and knowledge because it is an overload of people out there who don't know what the hell they're talking about and people listen. Because they don't know any different, right? And, it, and there are a lot of people who are great talkers and they can speak really that's well right. and articulate, but they can speak, you know, gibberish and nonsense. And so let me just, that's why I wanted to do that. And now I want to get into like why your book and why you're here is because I want to talk about the importance of longevity, muscle, healthy habits, and how, how we can kind of build that. How do we live longer? How do we stay healthy? And you are, to me, a true expert. So let's start with your philosophy. Okay.
0: I love that. And here's why I love it for your audience. You are an entrepreneur and your audience is a lot of entrepreneurs. The highest level an entrepreneur is ever going to go is dictated by one thing. What is it? Their health. Mm. Yes. Okay. They will never be able to outrun their health. There comes a point in time where that is the common denominator. But wait, isn't that with anything and everybody? It is, but we don't care about that. We care about the entrepreneur. <laughs> Today we do. Right. <laughs> with anybody. But again, with, the ver- with very type A driven individuals, they will only ever go as high as their health. And from an entrepreneurial perspective, there's like the rookie move. And the rookie move... And the reason I'm bringing this up is number one, your audience, but number two, my practice is full of entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. and there is a certain archetype that is very predictable with the entrepreneur archetype. Mm. And if you care about your health and wellness, then you have to understand your archetype because you can leverage that to your capacity.
1: Great. So tell us what that arch- yeah. Tell us what that is. What that arch. Arch. Close. Ar- ar- I can never pronounce this word. Archetype. You got it. Okay. Is and how we can maximize and optimize
0: it. Absolutely. Number one, when you think about when you probably started your business, when you would, right? You started your business at some point, many years years ago, just last week. (laughs) Just last week she started this podcast and her multiple businesses, by the way, she's the one I call when I'm like, what do I do? Aw, she's so sweet, thank you,
1: I love her. As
0: a rookie entrepreneur, as someone starting out in business, There's late nights, early mornings, they burn themselves out. There's this ebb and flow, right? There's this ebb and flow. And as they are getting higher on the entrepreneurial ladder, their health takes a nosedive. I have seen it time and time again. That is a rookie move.
1: Mm, That is
0: a rookie move. The successful entrepreneur, and again, I'm privileged to take care of some of the most successful entrepreneurs on the planet. They are very aware of their own weaknesses and they are very boundary oriented. Because they know that if they go off the path of health and wellness, everything else falls apart. Mm -hmm. So that's number one. And you're going to ask, okay, well, what are some things that the entrepreneur needs to look out for? Am I right?
1: Yeah. Here what my questions. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She paid me $5 to write them in the first place.
0: Number one, knowing your weaknesses. Mm -hmm. Knowing where you fail. Everybody is shocked by where they fail. What does that mean? That means they've had a stressful day. They've just launched a big program and they're shocked that they are reaching for a substance or more shopping or buying another car or just put in a, any kind of vice you want. Mm-hmm. They are not prepared to deal with the the low that comes with the pinnacle of a high.
1: Mm, right. Cause that's so, that's so true. There's, it's very much, very extreme behaviors, right? Like there's, Yeah. yeah. But wait a second because you say something that I think is very interesting about the archetype and, and the rookie moves. So, do people come to you typically for when but when they're sick or more before and be more preventative because Both. you're dealing with the entrepreneur, right? Both. So Let's start with like some habits that you see people are not integrating that can really help them, save them before it's too late. Yeah.
0: Super simple habit. Number one, nutrition. There is so much
1: misinformation
0: about nutrition that it destroys people's number one ability to focus, Mm -hmm. right? We're very, if we don't know what we're doing, we're very distracted. Mm -hmm following this diet, trying to lose this weight, not knowing this, that's very distracting for people. Mm -hmm. So clearing up the health and wellness space and from an entrepreneurial perspective, nutritional sciences, understanding what to do. Prioritizing dietary protein, it sounds so simple, yet protein is like uh, the black sheep of the macronutrient family.
1: You know, it's funny you say that. I feel like there's different camps, right? But now there's a swing to either being anti-protein, of course, or the pendulum goes the other way to being very pro-protein. What I was going to say, why I even, I I introduced you the way I did initially was because I see you obviously on the pro, like all the benefits of protein. I want to know why you think that it's become, like you said, in some ways, the black sheep, where it's become so polarizing to people, the idea of eating too much protein and these ideas that it can ruin your kidneys and like and eating vegan or vegetarian. Like, Why has there been such friction between the two groups of people? It doesn't make any sense to me. It's food, for crying out loud. Exactly.
0: And by the way, the animal and plant divide has been there for decades, if not centuries.
1: The animal
0: and plant divide has been there from, I don't even know, the beginning of time, which is an extreme statement. Not potentially the beginning of time, but at least since the 1800s.
1: But people used to eat meat to survive. That was the, that was the diet That's back right. then, right? And then there was an influence in
0: morality and an influence of religion, that there was this discussion where to be pure in heart and soul, that you should get rid of animal products, you shouldn't drink alcohol, and you should abstain from sex
1: okay true and then it evolved again and it evolved again and i don't know if it's what kind of sprung this on but now it's become either you're for this team or you're for that team and what do we know about extremes my my point right so but let's say you're a pro protein if someone said to you that they don't eat protein would you what would you do would you freak out and like call them names and do all these crazy things right it's time for that. But right, but there, but that's what's happening. It's yeah. a crazy world we're living yeah. in. So that's why I want to like lead with like all the pros of like why you believe that how fundamental protein is for someone's nutritional health yeah. and how it helps you in folk it, how it helps the entrepreneur but helps everybody yeah. live a more well-rounded capable life full of longevity energy yes well first of all
0: it is not even my opinion that protein is essential protein is an essential macronutrient and there are 20 different amino acids which are the building blocks of protein and nine of those are essential
1: Meaning you
0: must eat them.
1: I should say animal protein. That's a big problem. I should be very clear on that. It's (laughs) Ah, not just eating protein. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I meant the animal protein part. Yeah.
0: So the animal plant divide has been extreme. And when we talk about quality of protein, could someone get all of the macronutrients that they need from animal or from plant-based sources? Yes. If you just look at the macronutrient protein. With that comes a lot of carbohydrates if you're eating a whole food diet, and just logically the B vitamins, iron, zinc, selenium, carnitine, creatine, taurine, and serine, all these other low molecular weight compounds that coexist within animal-based products, just to name a few, that are not found in large numbers in plants. So it's clearly different. A broccoli and a steak They are two different things. Right, and you'll hear people being like, What you can get protein in broccoli. Fine, go right ahead. I would like to know. My answer to that would be, how much broccoli are you going to eat? It takes six cups of quinoa to equal one small chicken breast. It's insane. It's insane, but yet it remains a a confusing narrative. And I think part of the reason is is because it's a smokescreen. Yeah. If we are fighting amongst ourselves, then we can't look at the real picture underneath, right? right? Like if we are so disillusioned by the claims that individuals make about animal products, like animal agriculture is killing the environment, which by the way, is totally not true. The majority of greenhouse gas in the United States is all electricity, agriculture, and transportation, or not agriculture, transportation, electricity, and industry.
1: Right. And the narrative has been skewed so, so badly. But like, why is that? And that's that's what I'm trying to talk about. Like the underlying reason. It doesn't make sense to me that that has become the narrative. Right. Right. I'm just speaking like a friend to friend. Like it just bothers me that that's become the narrative. And I meant, when I said protein earlier, I meant the animal protein versus of course the plant. But, you know, and like, you know, th- and this is not, this is one of your pillars. And that's, and, and I want you to kind of like even talk more about it in terms of like how it affects hormones, because what I've noticed, and I see this in my friends when they're not eating enough protein and they are on the other side of the the camp, they seem, they're not, their energy is lower and yeah. they're not able to like build lean muscle mass. Yeah.
0: Well, typically the average American is eating anywhere between So a female might be eating, if she's lucky, 70 grams of protein a day. 70 grams of protein is nothing. And if an individual is eating a plant-based diet, then that protein quality is even lower. How are you going, you need two things to build muscle. You need a stimulus, which is exercise. Obviously you and I are gonna do push-ups or pull-ups or whatever is down there. Uh, We're gonna be doing it. The stimulus is exercise. The other stimulus is dietary protein. You need those two things to build muscle. Yeah. And if you only have one or the other, When you're younger, you can get away with just exercise, but the reality is you know, you are driven by hormones, you have more flexibility in your diet, but as you age, you do require dietary protein to an even higher extent than you would when you were younger. If you don't get that infrastructure right, if you don't get the architecture of your diet and the architecture of your body right, it is only downhill from there. And where does animal protein come in there? It is a nutrient-dense, highly bioavailable source of protein. If someone needs to monitor total calorie intake which everyone should right it's you track your money you track how fast you're going you do have to track your calories or at least have some kind of understanding of your total calorie load the majority of individuals as they age are not eating too much they're probably not eating enough so if you now listen and buy into this narrative how you should further cut back high quality protein what are you going to be eating carbohydrates that's easy but what is that going to do to metabolism and overall health and
1: wellness? Is there some body types that do better with animal protein than others? Is it is it more of a different for everybody or this is across the board? I would say
0: across the board, we know dietary protein, whether animal or plant, is fundamental for,
1: for human life.
0: You cannot survive without dietary protein.
1: What is, the, in your opinion, the best sources of protein?
0: The best sources of protein from a food matrix perspective and nutrient density perspective, from high quality proteins Mm -hmm. is not even opinion-based. It is purely based on the hard, fast biological numbers of these amino acids. And that would be any animal-based product, including beef, bison, chicken, fish is a high quality protein, eggs, whey. And then on the flip side, plant-based proteins would be soy, beans, maybe some nuts and seeds. But again, how much of those would you be eating to equal a chicken breast?
1: And not to mention, like you said earlier and you said again, there's a lot of other things in there. There's carbs, there's fats. It's not a pure protein. That's right. So it's on the plant side. That's right. But- you said whey protein. So would you say, because I never thought that like a, like a shake would be as equivalent to let's say having an omelet for breakfast. Like to me, the omelet will give you so much more of a good, greater source of protein and satiation.
0: That is a good point. The protein content you can make it so it's equal, but you're not gonna get choline and some of the fat soluble vitamins that would come with eggs. But on the flip side, whey protein has immunoglobulins in it. It has alpha-lactalbumin, lactoferrin, things that can be really good for the immune system and the gut. So there are some benefits of rotating high quality proteins
1: can you become intolerant to something if you eat it enough? Like for me, I've been eating eggs for like 20 years of my life, right? Where I took a blood test and they're like, oh my God, you're crazy allergic to eggs. You shouldn't be eating it anymore. And is that like, because you're a doctor, is that an artificial intolerance? Because is it? And typically we,
0: so number one, the question is, is a food sensitivity test a validated test? And I would say, I'm not sure that that is a validated test. It doesn't mean that it's worthless, but is it a validated test? The second component to that is if you have any kind of GI issues, and let's say there's potentially leaky gut, which is a catch-all phrase for- hear that all the time. Right, which is maybe that the tight junctions in your intestines are maybe a little permeable. And so with all the foods that you're eating consistently, perhaps some of that is getting into the bloodstream and you're building antibodies. Would that be what is showing up on your test because you're consuming it and you have a little bit of gut permeability? Probably. So if you were to rotate those foods, then that would go away.
1: So just rotating them, because he told me to eliminate everything. The guy and so I mean, but
0: you're still not fixing the underlying issue, which is probably some gut permeability. So,
1: yeah, selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your own online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, do we just hit a million order stage? Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're online courses or a physical product, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever or whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with their internet's best converting checkout. It's actually 36% better on average compared to any other leading commerce platform. And sell more with less efforts thanks to Shopify Magic, which is your AI-powered all-star. Sign up for $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash hustle. That's all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash hustle now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash hustle. Have you guys tried Factor yet? Factor is a ready-to-eat meal delivery that takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success in the new year. Skip the grocery stores the prep work and cooking fatigue. Instead, get chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door with with over 35 meals to choose from per week, including options like keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and so much more, plus over 55 weekly add-ons. You'll have a ton of nutritious and flavorful options to kickstart your resolutions. Factor now offers loads of snack options too, and like breakfast and smoothies, juices, snacks, and more to keep me going no matter what's on my schedule. And when things get super hectic, Factor is flexible. Change your order up every week with plans from 4 to 18 meals per week. Or pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. So head to factormeals.com habitsandhustle50. And use code Habits and Hustle 50 to get 50% off. That's code Habits and Hustle 50 at factormeals.com slash habits and hustle fifty to get fifty percent off. So you're saying though, having like a whey protein shake. I had a guy on the podcast actually recently tell me that, and I'm curious to get your opinion, that shakes are really bad for you because if you're putting the milk in with a banana, when Mm -hmm. you're taking that banana out of its normal form, let's say, and mixing it up, the glycemic index will change with the milk and all the other ingredients that you're putting it in where it becomes actually like a bad thing to eat with the protein, by the way, I'm, I'm like a whole normal yeah, yeah, shake. Yeah, yeah. That's like a bad source of food source. Would you agree with that idea? I wouldn't.
0: I, what he's talking about is rapid digestion, which there are some positives to that, right? Because then if you're blending your food and drinking it, you are getting a robust amino acid uptick in your blood, which is exactly what you want when you think about the banana yes the idea that you are blending it and not chewing it mm-hmm. could that have a faster absorption into the bloodstream yes but if you're physically active what's the problem and it's within your carbohydrate tolerance what's the big deal
1: so you're you're okay with smoothies depends on if you're training okay but for the average person who's not training like five hours a day which, which you know like <laughs> let's say someone who works out like a normal person yeah, okay then you have to figure out how much carbohydrates that you are gonna ingest in a day okay so let's say a scoop of protein powder a banana some milk almond milk almond juice and almond juice do you do almond juice no I mean, what do you have do you have a, do, you, do you have shakes not really it
0: depends okay so it what depends. I, okay
1: no no you said not really that was your first thing why don't you have shakes
0: because I eat food but I would have no problem if you you, if I went and I raided your fridge and, and like there was you did? A, exactly and apples, there, eh? yes. Well, I didn't see anything else in there.
1: <laughs> what I mean, you even have it's like so much food right
0: now. To, I don't know what's in there. It's like, <laughs> but if there was a protein shake, I would drink it. You would or a smoothie,
1: yeah. But you—that's not your go-to. I mean, if someone brings it to me, I'll drink it. Okay, what is your go-to? Like, what would you? Because how much do you train a day? An hour. Okay, an hour, give or take. Like yeah. today, I haven't trained yet. Okay. But I will, today, I will later. Do you train every
0: day? No, because I train so hard, I cannot keep up. Uh, no. My training is pretty intense.
1: So five, maybe six days a week. And how long is each session? Is it an hour? Yeah, 45 minutes to an hour. Do you do cardio or is it just weight training? It's explosive.
0: It's So I'll do a mix of strength. I'll do a mix of some kind of explosive activity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like sled pushes, which is a mix of mm-hmm. strength and aerobic. I'll do banded thrusts with weights, right? So if there's a landmine, I'll do squats, I'll do deadlifts. So I'll do a mix. You're really fit, not, That's why I'm asking. So
1: and then so what we, I, you guys I paid her $5. I'm yeah. like, "Jen, here's a 5. <laughs> she, Definitely make sure you say this." You wouldn't even have to pay me cuz it's pretty obvious. But so then knowing the way you train, would you say you're fit like this because of the how you train and eat or would, you, would what's your belief on genetics playing a part of it? Do you think genetics plays a part in this? I think that I am lucky to have some good genetics. Okay. But I also have been training my
0: whole life and eating well. Did you get into this business because, were you like, did you have any food issues? Yeah, I was obsessed with what to eat. So at 17, I graduated high school early in three and a half years. I moved in with my godmother, who's a PhD in nutritional sciences. Okay. Oh, wow. She, yeah. And she was seeing patients. Um, I moved in, to, she lived on Hawaii. And she Did was, you grow up in Hawaii? No, I was there for a year. Oh, okay. And she, I, I would love to grow up on Hawaii.
1: That's I was going to say so we're cool. in Hawaii, not on Hawaii. <laughs> you were on top of Hawaii. I was. I was on top of <laughs> Hawaii. <laughs>
0: yeah. You're on top of anyway. Hawaii. But so the I watched her change people's life with food. So their lives changed because of food, and, and, you and saw I became that, yeah. so interested. And then I was looking at what she was doing and I was really into organic and macrobiotic and I just become ups- I came- became obsessed with it. And then what happened was I never felt good. I was eating a very high carbohydrate, mostly vegetarian diet and I was oh. a maniac. My diet was too low in protein, I was constantly craving food, I would go through periods where I would binge eat when I was like 18, just starving. And then I realized that everybody had their own relationship with food. And
1: every girl does for sure. Yeah.
0: I mean, obviously I don't have those challenges now, but I was so confused about what to eat. I was trying to do, and I couldn't manage my hunger.
1: I look, yeah. you were like always like always hungry. I was
0: training a lot. I was hungry. My diet was probably, gosh, it must've been 70% carbohydrates. I was starving all the time because I couldn't regulate my blood sugar. I would eat a high
1: carbohydrate meal and have to take a nap. Really? Yeah. So you were active all the time. Like yeah. as a, as a young girl, you were always yes. very active. Yes. And so then you, you you moved in with your godmother. You got into the nutrition thing. You saw what she was doing. But because back then when we were young, like when we were younger, It wasn't about- Just last week. Yeah, yeah. like last week. It wasn't about protein. It was more about eating low fat, high carbs. The Food Guide Pyramid, which was a horrible social experiment, and like made everybody obese. It it made a lot of- Right, so- it's funny, I just had a podcast earlier where he talked about the study where people did low fat or low carb. And mm-hmm. at the end of the study, literally the numbers were nominal in difference in body composition and weight and, and fat loss. Correct. And all but these if you things. were to
0: change the protein percentage, you see changes in body composition. The higher the protein, then you'll see favorable changes in lean lean mass, which part of that is muscle. Yeah. You'll see decreased body fat. You'll see better hunger control. You'll see better blood sugar, bl- better blood pressure, better triglycerides, all the things we care about health and wellness.
1: Well, for, yeah, and I can use myself as an example too. Like if I'm not eating a lot of protein, it you can see the diminishing Right, if that, you know, effects of it, right? Like not just on energy satiation, like, f- like just food alone. Like I'll eat ten times more if I'm eating too exactly. many carbs, and that's called the protein leverage
0: type. Hypo- part of that is a, is called a protein leverage hypothesis. The lower your percentage of protein, you're driven to eat because you're looking for those amino acids. Oops. There is a natural appetite for amino acids for a human,
1: right? Okay, let's talk. Sorry. So then I wanted to get more of the evolution of you. So yes. then here you are, you're like eating the carbs, blah, blah, blah. Feeling you're terrible. terrible.
0: And then I landed in the class of Dr. Donald Lehman, who my book, Forever Strong, is dedicated to, by the way. Oh, really? Fully dedicated to him. He's been a mentor for 20 years. And I started realizing that everybody had their own relationship with food, their own influence, their own idea of how to do it. And I started to understand he's a world-leading expert in protein metabolism. Mm. And then protein was really this key macronutrient to make everything else fall into place. I changed my nutritional strategy. I no longer obsessed about food.
1: Really? So yes. once you started to eat more protein, it, it took away the
0: obsession? Yes. Because I wasn't hungry anymore. I wasn't dropping my blood sugar.
1: What was your food plan, your eating plan? What did you do?
0: A lot of egg whites, a lot of chicken, <laughs> a lot of broccoli,
1: a lot of berries. Just very whole foods. And what, how old were you at this point when you were doing this? 18, um, eighteen, nineteen, And that's been your diet ever since, basically? No, you, you I you eat a lot more it? red meat now. A lot more red meat. I'm surprised you said egg whites because... That all the nutri like all the nutrients, yeah, are but in at the yolk. 19, what do you know? But at the but yeah. so you're going back to that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, what do I know? Yeah. Okay. So then, as you go, I was more also drinking Crystal Light. Yeah. I was like, I, oh my god. Oh, dude, Crystal is that is that company still around? First of all, that's so funny. You just said that. I just saw Crystal Light at the store, and I was like at Ralph's, and I'm like, oh my god, that company's still around. Like yeah. I haven't I haven't oh, heard man. of it or seen it for like years. I was doing like Crystal Light on egg whites, making a. Pineapple, fl- I mean, gosh, I only, kn- uh, who knows? We all I- did that. Did you do the snack wells too and all that stuff Once back Once in a while? while, yeah. Back then. I mean, that was like the popular thing back right. when, right? And so then like as you got more knowledgeable and all- more information, you kind of tweaked and changed it. Yeah, and it's been an evolution. When you added red meat though more into your diet, yeah. what is the difference? Because I'm not a big red meat person. Do you see a difference in just eating red meat versus eating like poultry or eggs, like if you eliminate the red meat piece?
0: Well, so I think what you're asking is what would be the benefit of red meat? For, and again, by the way, my nutritional yeah. strategies are, I'm not extreme. I believe that you should prioritize protein and just very simply 0. 0.7 grams to one gram per pound ideal body weight. I'm a hundred and maybe 10 pounds. I no, will, she's
1: not <laughs> maybe 108. It's fine. like whatever. She's like a hundred, maybe <laughs> minus 20. No, no, no. She's 80 pounds. <laughs> I'm telling you. Okay. And
0: I will have 120 grams of protein a day. Will that source come from lean uh, red meats? Yes. A portion of that will come from lean red meats. A portion of that will come from eggs. The red meat, it you know, has a lot of like that redness is iron. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And that's really important for women, especially many totally. women are iron deficient. Many children become iron deficient. And these are nutrients that are really critical for women and children. So oh. could you get iron, some iron and chicken? And maybe I think like there's one fish that has, I want to say is it sardines or oysters or something? Sar- sardines is supposed okay. to be one of the
1: healthiest fit, like, things to eat. Not even fish. So like, you don't have to eat red
0: meat if you don't want to. But I do think that there are some benefits to red meat that you don't potentially get in other sources of foods. But again, the human diet, by the way, can do miraculous things on various diets.
1: Well, yes. But what are you a believer in? Like there's so many now, there's so many trends of diets. The intermittent fasting diet, the keto, what's your opinion of all of those diets? Do you believe in intermittent fasting? Do you believe in ketogenic? Do you believe in paleo? What is your idea? Here's what I
0: think. I think understanding from a hierarchy how many calories you're eating is really important. Yeah. I think at the baseline of that pyramid needs to be protein. I think personally, I recommend animal-based proteins because they're nutrient-dense, they can be low in calories if you choose wisely, and they're, it's what humans evolved to eat. Period. End of story. It's also a luxury, by the way. There are many countries that are like, you guys are vegan and vegetarian on purpose. It's it's a luxury. Mm-hmm. And it really is important for growth and development. After you have prioritized protein from animal sources, fiber-rich foods are great. And I think foods that have high polyphenols, whether they are berries, dark leafy vegetables, I'm not against vegetables, things that have a lot of phytonutrients in them, and also herbs and spices, things like cilantro, jalapeno, things that have potentially been used for a very long time. I do think that whether you are choosing carbohydrates or fats really just depends on your total calorie load. And the majority of fats should come from omega-3 fatty acids. And that's it. And choose lower fat foods.
1: It's not complicated. You know, most people have like. Mo- I'm talking for a friend. <laughs> Are you asking for a friend? I'm asking for a friend. You asking for a friend? It's more the pro. Uh, it's more the portion control than anything. I think that volume, like visually, helps my friend because her friend, also known as Jennifer Cohen. Yes, I, I know her. She's I, great. I, yeah, I, know her. <laughs> uh, I find that if, with anything though, like you eat too much of it, you'll gain weight, right? That's right. I mean, it's this is not ro- that's not rocket science, but. As we get older, like, and you you talk about this. I think it was this this was your TED talk about the muscle crisis, right? Like we are deficient in muscle, which yeah. helps us live longer, yeah, and stronger, and stronger, more capable. Of Everything gets better. Can you talk about yeah. that? Because women are so afraid of building muscle, which is like critical to aging well. Yeah, it is the pinnacle of health and wellness. I feel like we've gotten this whole
0: obesity epidemic wrong. We have a midlife muscle crisis. I
1: love that. Rather
0: than an obesity epidemic. Obesity is one symptom of unhealthy skeletal muscle. And this can begin decades before you actually gain weight. And when you are seeing excess fat, you don't just have it on your body, you have it in your skeletal muscle. Skeletal muscle is really important for a number of reasons. It is the primary site for glucose or carbohydrate disposal. We know that. The more uh, muscle we have, the bigger our places to, to move carbohydrates. We're all, all worried about type 2 diabetes and insulin resistance. What are you going to, uh, what lever are you going to pull? You're going to pull skeletal muscle. Skeletal muscle is your site of fatty acid oxidation. People worry about triglycerides and fatty acids. Skeletal muscle utilizes these things. It's also the largest endocrine organ in the body.
1: It is. It
0: is. Mm-hmm. It's an endocrine organ. It secretes myokines, which are hormones or peptide-like structures that travel throughout the body that influence our brain, that modulate our immune system, that affect bone. Contracting skeletal muscle is a endocrine organ. And that's the largest organ in the body by makes up 40% of our body.
1: And so when does it really become a problem?
0: Here is where the literature says it becomes a problem. Okay. 40s to maybe 50s. Here's where I think it becomes a problem easily by 30. If you are not exercising, then you are going to see decreases in skeletal muscle easily in your 30s. And in fact, when you talk about unhealthy skeletal muscle and you talk about, quote, healthy sedentary people, there's evidence to support that 18-year-olds that are not exercising while lean have skeletal muscle insulin resistance. That they're 18.
1: Yeah. At 18. These are issues that are beginning decades before. So what's the solve to this? For kids to start eating more animal protein. Train when you are young. When you are young. But isn't that dangerous? No.
0: In fact, no. And again, I just wrote this the whole book on this. And also, I have two very little children. Yeah, me too. I have a, I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old. That's very little. That's really little. Yeah.
1: They, they're not Can weight training, are they?
2: <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: kind of. They, like, they have little weights and they are very active because you are born They with have it. little weights? They do. You, are you joking? No. What yeah. do you think we do at five in the morning? I don't believe you. I uh, will send you a picture. Yes. What do you My do? My little one is on the treadmill. We're doing rubber bands just for fun.
1: Your four-year-old on a treadmill. Yeah, for fun. I don't believe
0: you. Oh yeah. She like has a blast. Because she sees us doing it. Okay, but by the way,
1: listen, I'm all for that. Look who you're talking to. I put my ten year old on the treadmill with me and we do all sorts of fitness yeah, it's things. 100 percent But two I was I thought you were joking no. when you said you're two and four. They're not lifting weights at two years well, old. Well
0: they're yeah. So I my <laughs> they come to the gym with us and my two-year-old picked up a 10-pound med ball. I mean, I'm married to a Navy SEAL, so like, I
1: mean, so wait, the genetics are insane. That's why I want to make, sure, make sure people, if they're watching this and not listening, and or we are they're not, and not by the way, we it. are, and by the way, we were working out and he picked up and moved a 10 pound
0: med ball. He is two. That's insane. He is very strong. We're not making him work out where, you know, they can play while we're training, but they do, they have little weights and they want to do what
1: we are doing. I want to take a quick break from this episode to thank our sponsor, OneSkin. If you're tired of spending countless dollars on skincare that doesn't end up delivering the anti-aging results you want, I'm totally with you. And this is because too many companies market their skincare as anti-aging without any evidence or studies to prove it. But this is why I like OneSkin because all their products are formulated with OSO1. It's the first ingredient scientifically proven to reverse skin's biological age at the molecular level. In fact, in a 12-week clinical study performed by a third party, one skin's OSO1 face was clinically validated to strengthen the skin barrier and improve skin health biomarkers, leading to diminished visible lines of aging. It does so by switching off senescent cells associated with aging. I've seen dramatic improvement in my skin, and the signs of aging have practically diminished. Well, not completely, but you know what I mean, by using OneSkin. It honestly, the results have actually been pretty remarkable. So if you want to buy skincare that actually works and provides you with the anti-aging benefits you're looking for, you should try OneSkin for yourself. I promise you will not be disappointed. Try it for yourself now by heading over to oneskin.co and use code HUSTLE15 for 15% off your entire order. So I, am a big, big believer in that. Like I, I, people make fun of me because I were, my, my kids are in the gym with me too, and they're doing all these little kooky things. But I thought two and four was, I mean, now, like I said, they're eight and 10. They started maybe when they were like five, but like, you're telling me your two-year-old is moving a med ball. Your four-year-old's on a treadmill.
0: Just having a great time playing with rubber bands. They have these little foam weights, and that's oh, just foam how, weights. Yeah. Okay. and that's, All right. Well, all listen,
1: right. a 10-pound med ball is not a foam no, 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 weight. No, no, no. I was going to say, like, yeah, the 10-pound's big. But, okay, so you're saying that people at, like, okay, teenagers. To so you are, the, okay, so you are, first of all, let's lay some statistics out. Yeah, Let's start From that. From
0: 2000 and, gosh, I think 2000 and, let's say early 2000s to 2017, we have seen a 95% increase in in type two diabetes in individuals 20 years or less. And 95%, Mm -hmm. we have over 14 million youth that are obese or overweight or struggling
1: in some capacity Mm -hmm. with metabolic dysfunction. But that's also the rise of social media, the rise of what course, are we What are we going to do about it? It's terrible. No, listen, I yeah. can talk about this with you all Like, all what are we going to do about it? It's terrible. Terrible. I mean, there's, there has to be some type of restriction that has to be put because it is becoming, we're becoming like a very unhealthy yes. society because of all of these other, because of technology and social media. But so you're saying though, because I was under the impression, my question is more that I didn't realize it was safe or good for the bones and for the. For your body, when you're like thirteen, fourteen, as you're growing, it's not be, an issue to do weights, it's and not you're an saying issue. it's okay. It is not an issue,
0: and I actually cite it in my book. So I think it's the American College of Pediatrics. I have a reference in my book that talks about that they can do, you know, reasonable weighted activities. That they can do plyometrics. They can do all these kinds of things
1: so safely. Safely. So you're telling me that my ten-year-old kid can actually start lifting lightweight at this age and it would not affect his growth or his bones Correct. or his- In fact, it might even prime his muscle.
0: You are born with a certain amount of muscle fibers. When you begin resistance training early, you create neurological connections, you create muscle memory, you increase the myonuclei, you allow for healthy uh, satellite cells, which are stem cells of muscle. Yes, you are priming him to go through life very strong and capable.
1: That's amazing. What's the youngest you would suggest?
0: Well, I mean, I'm not a pediatrician, but I have no issue with my little little 2-year-old lift as soon as they can lift things, they can do it. Why would we restrict their physical activity?
1: As long as he's not going to hurt himself. But that's what I'm saying because there could be like an like a like an injury, like not in, not no a way. purpose, not on purpose. I don't think so. I think if he it's too heavy
0: for him to lift, he's not going to be able to lift he it. He won't lift
1: it. Yeah. Did you know Americans spend an average of 90% of their time indoors and take about 20,000 breaths a day? I didn't. And according to the EPA, indoor air is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air, and in some cases, even 100 times more polluted. And the data shows that an air pollution is responsible for nearly 7 million premature deaths globally. Wow. So then what's the solution? I'm going to introduce you to an air purifier that captured the attention of established media outlets all over the world, like CNN, Money, ABC, and it's called Air Doctor. Air Doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants and allergens, such as pollen, pet dander, dust mite, mold, and even bacteria and viruses, so your lungs don't have to. And Air Doctor purifiers also have a feature called WhisperJet that makes the fans 30% quieter than any other ordinary air purifier. And Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. So head to airdoctorpro.com and use the promo code HUSTLE. And depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to $300 off. And exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. So lock this special offer in by going to Air airdoctor, dot com and use promo code HUSTLE now. That's incredible. So all these years, I've been like afraid. Everybody thinks that. Yeah. The evidence
0: doesn't support that. And that is an example of old wives' tales dying hard. Mm -hmm. You know, dietary cholesterol has been this thing forever. That's right. They took it out of the dietary guidelines 2015. Yet you still go to a doctor's office and they will still say, reduce your dietary cholesterol. Well, guess what, homegirl? They took it out. But we still are hearing, don't eat red meat because of the cholesterol. Like Don't eat eggs. Don't eat eggs because of the cholesterol. Well, I don't know. I'm pretty sure shrimp has more cholesterol than... It does. Shrimp does have more cholesterol. And also your body makes its own cholesterol. It's not a... Dietary cholesterol is not an issue. So these are really basically just old wives' tales. And what happens is once things become repeated over and over again, it takes years to undo. And so that is my fear with this plant-based movement is the unintended consequences it's going to have. Mm -hmm. Because if we fall into this belief that animal-based products are bad for us or bad for the environment. Who does it affect? It actually affects people. Like the dietary guidelines, it affects people that are getting government funding. So it affects nursing homes, it affects daycares, it affects schools, it affects military. Right. What is the influence going to be? So if you now take a vulnerable population and you give them low quality food, what are we doing to them physically and mentally? We're teaching them that meatless Monday is a good thing, when the reality is you could go vegan for two years, take one trans Atlantic flight,
1: and it's equivalent. Listen, you're singing my song. You know, I have this back and forth with my husband because he's they they call he calls himself a pescatarian, right? And so he eats these Beyond Meat burgers or Impossible burgers, and then my kids eat these things because he's eating them, and I get. I'm infuriated by it because I'm like, this is literally junk. I'd rather my kid have a McDonald's hamburger because it's at least it's a protein of okay. some kind. I agree with you. You know, like first, I agree with having you. This Bullshit food. I agree with you. Yeah. And so, and he's like, and, and but there's like a whole, it's, it's great marketing and it's great branding. I'm going to tell you something else. Tell me. Oh, right Wait, now. Yeah I, want, yeah, I can just finish this. We have this back. It's like literally like a bone, like a real bone of contention yeah. with me. And if you look at the ingredients know, on I that have. on that thing, it's full latent with sodium and shit that I don't even know what's in that thing. Right. And people are gobbling them up and thinking they're doing something good for their bodies and for their kids. In any day of the week, having a one single source piece of protein wins. And I don't know where the disconnect is. Let's talk about what you said, because you're really skilled at branding and marketing. The, she
0: paid me $5 today. <laughs> so the governing bodies that govern processed foods are different than the governing bodies that oversee whole food commodities. What's the difference? A whole food commodity is, let's play a game. I'm going to say beef, and you're going to tell me the tagline. Okay. Beef. Where's the beef? Or beef's what's for dinner.
1: Oh, what's for dinner. Sorry. Ready?
0: You're close. Milk. Two percent? That's a body good. I'm not asking you these <laughs> things. Anyway, all right, so the point is commodities are whole foods that represent a collective. Yeah. For example, milk, you only see it advertised as milk, but there's a bazillion different farmers that actually fall underneath the category of milk that are supplying milk. Mm. But you don't hear about them, you only hear about milk. Eggs, you never see oh, yeah. individual I see you never see individual egg companies promoted. The the egg board will just promote eggs. Mm-hmm. Beef. You see beef. What's for dinner? You don't see individual farms. It's a collective. Those are commodities. Soy, corn, any whole food is a commodity. Almonds, it's a commodity. Collectively, their budget for all commodities is $750 million. That's all commodities. Pepsi Cola's budget is $1.96 billion. That's
1: crazy.
0: Wait, Impossible Burger falls under a different jurisdiction. You've never heard beef saying it's a superior kind of protein over Impossible Burger. Beef is better than beans. Beef is you know, a more bioavailable source of protein. You've never heard that, right? You hear beef is what's for dinner or whatever because they have restrictions on what a commodity can say. A commodity, because it's governed under the USDA, can never say something disparaging about something else. Whereas a processed food like oatmeal or Cheerios or Impossible Burger can say, or Oatly or oatmeal can say, this is a superior, this is better for the environment, this is no carbon, this is a better source of protein than X, Y, and Z, we're gonna cure the planet, can make a whole bunch of claims, but the commodities have nothing to say because they're under restriction of what they can and cannot say.
1: That is a really interesting nugget of information, I'm going to clip that because I don't think a lot of people know that. Like they may know it intellectually or like subconsciously, but I don't think people realize that the way you just said it. And think about the marketing dollars.
0: Think about the marketing dollars behind these big processed foods. You
1: just said it. Like if Pepsi has 2 billion to spend, let's just say. And they don't even, and they have 750 million collectively. A- across the board for a commodity, which is corn, mi- meat, milk. All of it. All of it this whole oat milk thing just drives me crazy too. People are like gulping it up like it's oh, like juice. water. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what, now I get why you said it earlier about the almond milk. So would you say, in your professional opinion, having a glass of regular milk yes, is better than having yes. almond milk yes, any day of the week, right? Any day of the week. Any day of the week. Because it's milk.
0: And it has the amino acid profile that is more favorable for a human.
1: So... What's this whole non-dairy thing? If you, if you are someone who's lactose intolerant, fine. what do you have then?
0: I don't know. Lactose-free milk or whatever you want. It's fine. Because
1: even the healthiest of healthiest uh, brands, let's say, for yeah. oat milk or you know oat almond juice. milk. You, oat you, have juice. To, you cannot call it milk. I know. Milk is- like, It's just so weird. It's a fully processed food. It's a fully processed food. It does
0: not exist in nature. And it's okay. We do eat things that don't exist in nature. But that's like a Franken food. How are we thinking that we are going to create and sustain a population on a bunch of like fake food? What's going to happen? So we talk about protein and everyone's like, okay, animal, plant. Okay, fine. Let's talk about the macronutrient protein, but those proteins are made of amino acids. A one ounce equivalent of broccoli is not equal to a one ounce equivalent of peanuts is not equal to a one ounce equivalent of meat. These are not
1: interchangeable. These are not
0: interchangeable foods.
1: So true. I mean, but look, look, look at the Oatly craze. Have you not seen what's going on with this Oatly milk? Yeah, it's insane. It's insane. And so does this, what, what does that do to our endocrine system, our hor- hormones when we introduce these things? And like, I think we don't know what we don't know, right? People actually believe then that they're doing good by themselves by having the almond milk alternative or, crazy. or the other alternatives. Right, because of all the money that all can the be money. spent in... Thinking marketing. That, right. That's and thinking, right. And thinking that they have these intolerances to dairy. Like now it's like all the milk is synonymous with having a smoothie, a shake and everything else. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. So ask away. if
0: there is a $2 billion budget to put forth and to purchase these processed foods, don't you think, I'm just asking a question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes sense to provide conflict among people.
1: Yes, so it it, creates conversation. Well, what if
0: we say that, what if the big guy really wants to put the little guy out of business? How's he going to do it? He's not only going to promote their processed foods, but also say, animal agriculture is killing the planet. You should go vegan and vegetarian. And they have all this money to funnel into a narrative. They have all this money. So what we're hearing, while people think it's about health, it's probably about dollars and people are being puppeted and have no idea. It's None. not, it's not about health. It's about what they can sell and what we have a 2 billion. That's one company. I know. So if they create discourse and pressure and they create false narratives, which they have the budget to do and they don't have restriction to do it, what are you going to do to the little guy? You put them
1: out of business. And you know what's so interesting? Listening to this, I'm thinking to myself, like again, I know this in my prac. I know this, and yet I go to the store, and what do I buy? Crystallite? Yeah, <laughs> I, I would if I saw it. I did see it though. I'm buying almond milk as opposed to my non-fat milk, or I would buy my full. Like even though I know whole milk's the best type of milk, I buy it for my kids, right? Like that's what my kids will drink. But for me it's like there's a disconnect because i've been brainwashed even people who have the knowledge have the information i get confused so if i'm getting confused it's a real problem it's a real problem i know so what do
0: we do so you Dr. find Gabrielle? you find providers and you find providers that you trust you look at where they were educated you listen to some of the little, and again i say this cautiously because everybody you know, it seems like there's a lot of agenda, even if people are educated. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people are purchased, you know, I'm not getting money from dairy or egg <laughs> or beef. Like, I'm not getting funded by any Yet. of these things. Okay, yeah. I'm not.
1: I'm joking. You know? yeah.
0: But if you guys want to pay me, I'm like, <laughs> I'm ready for it.
1: Because uh-huh. she's a believer anyway, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: But it is very confusing. So, if we can go back to some of the fundamentals of what is good science, what does the evidence say, what do we know that we can stand on? And where are the opinions? Be very open about that. Where are the facts? Be very open about that. We can begin to make good decisions.
1: Mm-hmm. That's great and I think that's 100% being again it goes back to the first word discerning be discerning of where you get your facts from and that's why I even started this whole thing by tell, asking you to tell us what your background is let's get back to this whole like middle age crisis of, mm-hmm. of le- like muscle and we're talking about longevity and entrepreneurs and all these things can you talk a little bit about that because of, like what do you, what's your what's your belief system on the sauna the cold plunge all these mod- red light therapy I think they're great okay But do they really, in your opinion, do they really increase longevity? Do they move the needle? Do they move the needle? Cold
0: plunge definitely moves the needle for mood, for body fat. I definitely think that it moves the needle for inflammation, browning of white adipose tissue. Yes, I think that cold plunging is excellent. If I were to pick one
1: thing, it would be cold plunging. So it's funny, like, again, this is such a controversial thing. Again, I've ha- I ask all of my health and wellness people, these questions and the answers are across the board, 50, 50%. Some say the data says it's not, there's no data that says it actually helps with weight loss. It can help with inflammation. Some say, well, it helps with everything across the board. That's the number one thing they would pick. It's funny how everyone has like a different opinion. Yeah. On these it things it is what about the sauna because i'm I hate cold, I yeah, hate it too I hate' I still it. do it, so you should do the cold I know because I know I because hate, you hate okay, it because I hate it, and quite frankly, I do most people I have to say do say, yeah, of all the things that is the one because it's the. It is the infla. it's it is the one that really does like help with inf- like inflammation and with the fat. I don't know how it does though. Can you explain how that helps it's a stress with, response? A stress, yeah.
0: I, I mean I don't know the exact mechanism. I'd have to look into it, but I'm assuming it's a stress response.
1: Why not sauna though? I do like sauna. No no no, but I'm saying why do you what why would you say the cold plunge and not the sauna? Because
0: the sauna you could I I just feel and I you know, I don't even know if they're apples to apples comparison, right? The two modalities are different, but I think the goal of the sauna is, do you need to increase the heat shock proteins? So yes, probably, but there's probably some too many
1: variables,
0: but I think there's probably something to be said for lineage. Some people probably respond better to, um, Heat. heat and some people probably respond better to cold, but heat, I think is probably great. You can sweat, and, and again, the skin is one of the ways that you detoxify. So do I think it's great? I do. But if I personally were to pick one, the influence of cold is very challenging in a different way. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Do you do both? I do mostly cold plunge. How often? Almost every day. Like for three minutes do you do it. Is How longer? Your, how long? <laughs> uh, so the,
0: the general recommendation is you start with 12 minutes a week, but I'll go six minutes.
1: Six minutes. Yeah. At what temperature?
0: Between forty-three and fifty-three degrees, depending on where the cold plunge is set at.
1: Do you do it in the morning? Like, what is your? Give me your daily. Yeah. Okay, cause I want to get back to the muscle thing, but just tell me now that we're talking. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, What is your daily? By the way, are you standing? Yeah, I didn't want I- to say
0: anything. My butt hurts so bad, and I knew that I could stand, and you wouldn't notice. But I'm like trying to slouch <laughs> so a little small. bit. I'm trying to slouch a little bit because. Yeah,
1: I know. You're a hilarious. Okay. I know. <laughs> that's hilarious. Okay. Uh, I was hoping you didn't notice. That's oh, why I, I kept that's, I why, I kept, that's why I kept that's floor. why I kept one on there. <laughs> I was like,
0: don't notice this. Just turn away from the light. It's totally okay. That is
1: awesome. Yep. Okay. Sorry. That is really funny. Fun fact, did you know our brains thrive on ketones? Ketones can cross the blood-brain barrier and act as fuel for the brain, helping you achieve and sustain peak mental clarity. And guess what? You don't need to be in ketosis to take advantage of ketones. That's why I turn to Ketone IQ by HVMN wherever I need my brain to be as functioning at its highest capacity. For days, when I have back-to-back podcast recordings and I need my brain to be super sharp, Ketone IQ helps without fail. Just one shot is all you need to enter into that flow state of energy. And bonus benefit, ketone suppresses your appetite. So I'll drink a Ketone IQ shot first thing in the morning before I hit the gym, and I even have incredible energy without any crashes, and I'm able to crush a workout before breakfast. So I'm... Totally sold. It's been a lifesaver for trying to balance my career, my kids, my workouts, and everything else in between. So if you want to try it out for yourself, you can save 30% off your first subscription order of ketone IQ at hvmn.com slash gen. Again, visit hvmn.com slash gen and subscribe upon checkout for 30% off. Woohoo! Okay, give me the date, give me the day in the life. Like what are your actual habits from morning to night go? Your morning routine, your night routine?
0: Oh well, I wake up, I meditate, (laughs) blah blah. No, I'm just totally kidding. Okay. I don't really do those things. Okay, good. Depends on my husband will get up between four, four thirty, so he wakes everybody up. Because uh, the his alarm goes off, yeah. So both the kids come and still sleep in our room because we cannot get them in their own bed. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, so every yeah, night they're terrible. In? Oh yeah. Oh it's my awful. god. Yes. So we put them in their own bed by eight, and then so the night is we put them in their bed by eight. We will work till probably ten o'clock, hang out a little bit, and then go to sleep. He will wake up between four four thirty. The alarm will go off. Depending on the kids, I might wake up around. Four forty-five or five, depending, and I will try to sneak down and begin to work out. I tell my daughter the night before, if you wake up and I'm not here, I'm downstairs training, and you know I have like the nanny spy cam. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but most of the time, they will wake up, and I will go downstairs. And we will work out. Downstairs. The kids come with you. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, and they just hang out and play. And it lip, depends. Not every weight. day.
0: Yeah. Not every yeah. day because I will go train at a uh, at a facility. But on the days that I know are really long, then they will come down there and we'll work out. And they're full gear, amped up. I don't even know how anyone has that much energy at 6 in the morning. Kids do. Just, uh, I mean. So you're in the gym by 6 then? Uh, or 5? No, I try to be there by 5. In my house.
1: In your house at 5. Okay. And then what? How long? For an hour, you for said? an hour. Okay. Yep. And
0: then what? And then they're full swing, beating each other up. And we try to get them ready. Or they're reading, like we'll do something. I'll ask them what they're looking forward to doing. Get them ready. It's a it's a little bit of a wrestling match. Then they have breakfast and hang out. By about seven, we're ready to roll out. Seven, seven, fifteen.
1: And then you go and do what?
0: I drop them off. Okay. And then I come back. I'm already as soon as I drop them off, I'm
1: already on the phone. I'm working. So basically your only real daily habit so far is the workout in the morning if you have a long day.
0: Yeah, and I'll, I'll meditate, not usually in the morning, but I'll, like, listen to some kind of meditation maybe later on in the day.
1: Okay. Oh, by the way, I,
0: I thoroughly caffeinate myself, so I missed that part.
1: Oh, yeah, okay, like, by like, how much do you caffeinate?
0: Like, as much as I can. In the morning. Cup of coffee with a shot of espresso,
1: maybe some ketones. That before the workout or after? Before. Okay, good to know. Oh, yeah. Okay, so, and when do you go to the gym? Like, when you have, like, not the, like, how often are you at the gym versus at home? Two to three days a week. Okay, Other than that, that's your one habit that you do constantly. Yeah. Okay. Check emails, reply to texts, manage a team. No, but like no particular, like I have to eat besides the coffee. I have to eat this. I have to do the Um, cold plunge before. So nine o'clock I'll have my first meal in the morning. Before I start, I'll have some kind of protein. Okay, so you don't intermittent fast or anything like that?
0: Not on purpose, no. I yeah. think that chaotic eating is not great. I think intermittent fasting is, if you have uh, small intestinal bacteria overgrowth, I think it's great. I think that you can also front load your calories. I don't think that you should push your nutrition to the later part of the day. I think the evidence doesn't support that. Yeah, And I used to tell people to do that, but the evidence doesn't support that.
1: And also, I feel like it's just another mechanism to try to control your calories. And, yeah. and so if you don't, like, I think it can also have I'm not the doctor, but you could be, I mean, I I play one on TV, no, but I do think like these are all just strategies to eat less and it could also backfire. Yeah. I think.
0: Yeah. 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 It's not a good strategy to fast all day. And then I will cold plunge either in between patients if I'm at home, maybe three or four in the afternoon, or if I have to do it later, I'll cold plunge later.
1: Would you have a night routine? No, I don't. I mean, I work a lot. Yeah. Yeah. work a lot I like this con- I, I like this because I think it's so crazy what I have to talk when I talk to people and they they like they, they give me a laundry list
0: yeah, of the things
1: like I'm like don't I mean because I have kids you got kids like I'm like I don't have time to be doing 77 things in the morning as my morning routine no. my you know what my morning re- like mine is like I drink you know, some room temperature water with lemon and I work out. My workout is like the one habit that I will not, yeah. not like that's a non-negotiable. I, agree. I can have 11 different things to go before my day starts. Yeah. Who da- Like where
0: do these people have this I time? I have no idea. I have no idea.
1: It's crazy, right? Yes.
0: I will say though, before I go to bed, we always say what was one thing that went well? Mm. What was one thing that you could have improved upon? Um, and what are you looking forward to?
1: We do that with the rose and the thorn. Give me okay. what was the rose today? Like what was that. the thorn? That's yeah, like the that. same same type of thing, but just again, a repackaging of the same yep. thing. And you then know? I, I do. I
0: read I also read. I read a lot at night. You do? I do. do you Both. Read? So I read, um I have a book club actually. You do? I do. I have a partner my uh, my partner's Emily Frisella and we have a book club. And we're reading the chaos machine. So we try to read things that make us better people. I
1: love so is a book club just the two of you? No. Oh, okay. We have
0: like couple
1: hundred members easily. Are you serious? Yeah. I didn't get invited to the yeah, book club. You are invited. Okay. Now I am. You're invited. Okay, good. We'll see how long that, I mean, I want to see if you follow up with that book club. Yeah. Okay. She'll leave and I'll never hear from her But book club. Never. I'm never
0: coming back. Yeah. <laughs> They're giving me apples for snacks. I cannot work under this condition. I conditions. know.
1: I have cheese. I have string cheese. Do you want some of no, that? No, no. I have a piece of fish in no, the fridge? No, hard pass. Okay. Anyway, yeah. I have a salad. Okay. No, no. Also hard pass. Okay. I also gave you the ketone IQ, by the way. Do yeah. you want some of this? Oh, by the way, you should have some of this. Have you, have you heard of this? The omega. This is really great. It's no, green fat. You I mean, should, I'll try that. Yeah, This is really good. I'm gonna give this to you. Okay, so then let's get back to like building muscle and yeah. as we age. Okay, what's your take on like hormones,
2: great. testosterone for women? Wonderful.
1: Really? Yeah. Okay, so because I feel like there's a big uptick now in women taking a lot, like not a lot, but taking like testosterone to help with their balance of hormones or energy. Blah blah blah. I'm all for it. Equal opportunity, right? But how is it? Do you think they're like because now, like I feel like as you get older, like my testosterone is really low, but is that normal? Yeah. And also your hormones are going to be really low. Normal doesn't
0: mean optimal. It's going to happen. Women are going to go through hormonal changes just like for the most part. I mean, men do often, they don't have to, I mean like my dad's 74, which are with a really high testosterone. So that's just weird. He but is?
1: Yeah. I mean, Wait, how high is it? It's like 800. And he's 74. Yeah. And he's not taking anything. No. No, holy crap. I know. What is yours? Um, mine was pretty high, naturally. So are you? On, you're not I'm on not it. I'm not on testosterone. No. Okay. No. You're just but ripped. I, <laughs>
0: but uh, again, is there a genetic component? I don't know. But apparently, the, the
1: ridge. If your dad is like that, but is he your, also
0: lives in Ecuador, and who knows? He's out naked in the sun and walking. If anything is under four hours, he'll walk it. He'll carry his. Gr- I mean, the guy's like
1: that's pretty amazing. Yeah. So what would you, case? Okay, so- But what, let's talk
0: about female hormones. I think that females uh, and testosterone, I think it's a really good idea. If your levels are low, there should not be a stigma attached to improving hormonal measures, hormonal amounts at all. Whether it's estrogen, progesterone, or testosterone, I am all for it as long as you are with a provider that knows what they are doing. And here are just some fundamental practices. If someone is menstruating, I typically do not put them on estrogen. I typically do not use oral estrogen. Again, this is just in my practice. We use a patch or a topical estrogen, progesterone, micronized progesterone. It's very well studied, very safe. And we use a micronized progesterone oral, helps with sleep and can help with perimenopause. Testosterone, I think it's very valuable to use a sub-Q testosterone injection, which is a very small needle, either once to twice a week. And women do great.
1: Women do great. I'm scared of that. I think it's scary to take, and also you got to take that needle yourself, right? And what happens if like you don't, like don't, don't, and this is me being maybe ignorant. I'm nervous of being like of bulking up or getting like rage. I mean, I don't know. (laughs) That'd be impressive. It's a very baby dose, right? So you need a provider that knows what they're doing
0: and you do just a very small dose.
1: And what would be like the benefits of a woman doing testosterone?
0: Sex drive, bone health, energy, Middle belly weight gain. I mean, hormones are not the treatment of choice for weight gain. By the way, that's a really cool picture I just noticed. That.
1: Oh, thank you. My friend Brittany Palmer made it. So cool. Do you know who she is? I don't, but that's so oh cool. yeah. She's like the she's the uh, UFC ring girl, and she gave it to me. To I loved it. She's a beautiful so. artist, actually. Yeah, thank you. That's a shout out for you, Brittany. See, everyone mentions that picture, Brittany. So you're saying people should not go on testosterone. Women should not go on testosterone for fat loss. It's not. It's
0: not the approved treatment of choice for fat loss, but will it help body
1: composition? It will. How about for, like, peptides are, like, the craze right now, too. We've what do you think of We've been using peptides
0: forever. It depends on the peptide.
1: I know. CPC. Just CJC and epimoralin. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't it,
0: know if it it's CJC and epimoralin. It's a growth hormone secretive. Yes. Drug. Yeah. I mean, that works. I mean, it depends on the You're person. You're not doing it. No.
1: Right. But do you see a lot of women going on that? I feel like it's very... I mean, it's not my first strategy, but yeah, it, it can what work. Would be could, Okay. What Tell me not what, okay, what is your strategy? Well, it depends on what the woman, woman needs. If a woman is like getting in, like, I, I have these questions all the time. Women ask me this on my social media. So now I'm asking the expert. If a woman has like gaining weight, she's getting older, her hormones, they're asking me, now I'm asking you about hormones, about hormone replacement, yep. about like how do they keep muscle besides- yep. Besides weightlifting, besides Why do they, they want to weightlift and do protein? No, those are like, yeah. the, 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 what I, okay, yeah, I'll give yeah. you my answer. Yeah, my yeah, answer okay. is when you, strength training helps with testosterone, helps with lean muscle mass, plus of course eating protein. I, I'm a big believer in animal protein yeah. like you. Besides those two things, I don't feel like I'm an expert to talk about the hormones, the peptides beyond what I know. What are other ways people can kind of maintain their muscle, increase their muscle as they age? Yeah. Um, for longevity. I
0: I think all the things that you said are right on the money. I also think that hormone replacement is a great strategy for women. Testosterone, estrogen, progesterone. If you want to use a peptide, great. Depending on how much fat a woman has to lose, I'm not against Ozempic or a Mongerno. You're I think. not? No. Tell me, okay, so let's talk about there's Ozempic. There's never been a drug that have, has worked better in the history of ever
1: for I, obesity. There's so many people who are like just all about like, how horrible Ozempic is for people. I mean, it's been around for a very long time. For diabetes. So why would,
0: if it's working for diabetics, why would, just because you're not diabetic yet, but maybe you have weight to lose, why would you not leverage something? So in my clinic, we see it work really well. We will put people on a very low dose, jumpstart their metabolism, have them lose the weight that they need to lose, and we titrate them off. They do
1: great. They titrate out. Okay, yes. So, so because I, th- okay, that's interesting to know. So is it a myth that people will end up gaining the weight back eventually plus more? Because it's not do. changing your behavior patterns or your habits. It's just turning off that thing in your brain that makes you not hungry, correct? You can
0: definitely change your behavior patterns. You use it as a tool. You can definitely, it. I have seen people with binge eating disorder go on this, Change their eating patterns and be able to come off of it and not go back to their own habits. Really? I mean, that's just anecdotal evidence, but I've seen it in my clinic. How long do they have to stay on it? They stay on it. I mean, it's different for everybody.
1: Does your body acclimate to it as well? Because like
0: some people anything, and some people it doesn't. It all just depends on the person.
1: Really? Mm-hmm. What about this whole Ozempic face? Like, you get really—I don't it's know. Just because you it lose It takes weight. that. But they—I heard. I heard maybe this is not true that you end up losing weight because you're losing muscle mass.
0: You only lose muscle mass, not because of Ozempic. You lose it because you're not training or eating. There's no mechanism of action. So the next question that you would ask someone is, well, what's the mechanism of action? How is a GLP-1 affecting skeletal muscle mass? And up to now, I have never seen anything in the literature that shows me a direct mechanism of action. So if that's the truth, then I would be able to find a mechanism of action. And maybe a mechanism of action will come out. But again, in my clinical practice, we are not seeing that. We are seeing them maintain skeletal muscle mass.
1: Really? Heck yeah. Wow, we ain't rookies over here. Yeah. Well, I didn't know. Now you're sitting down. I couldn't tell the difference. I know. That's very interesting to know because that's not what people have been talking about they should start training more and yeah and thinking about
0: dietary protein and strategizing and potentially a lower dose of whatever that medication is i heard that you get really nauseous on that Um, too again semaglutide has higher side effect profile so individuals can get very nauseous i've also had some individuals not get nauseous at all and then there's trizepatide which is monderno and individuals seem to tolerate that really well
1: Really? Yeah. Does it work as well as Ozempic?
0: Yep. 22% weight loss versus Ozempic might be 14%. Really? Yeah. Wow. Works like a freaking charm. Holy crap. Yeah.
1: And like, but you can't get it though. It's like unavailable, right? Cause everybody's up trying There's to get it. It's always away. Oh my gosh. Well, they should call you. Yeah, call Dr. Gabriela. I'm only,
0: you have to know a patient
1: in my practice to come into the practice. I know. But I have other providers in the practice. She's very difficult. She's very hard to get. (laughs) She does it on purpose to be more desirable. And it's working. No, I don't. (laughs) No, I don't. There are other providers in the practice that Uh, are just as amazing. I think, well, listen, I mean, you're pretty amazing. Okay, what else do we want to go through? The book, my book. Forever Strong. Okay, well, of course, but Forever Strong. Okay, tell us what... Okay, well... Everybody who wants to know... Tell us how to be Forever Strong. Okay. um, I thought we were talking about Forever Strong. Yeah, but
0: like DBAP, if you know what that means, message me. I'm not going to say it out loud, but that is the motto. But anyway, this book, Forever Strong, (laughs) will... Change everything and anything about aging. And it is an absolute guidebook. You should take it to your trainer, your health coach, your physician. What do you include
1: in it? Tell us what is included in there.
0: Uh, So if you want to lose weight, build muscle, or you just want to have good longevity, it has three tracks. You pick. And it lays out exactly what you need to do for all of them.
1: By the way, I want to have you know, I don't have a copy or a galley of this book or else I would have read it and asked you ah. book. I asked you questions specific- oh, my team, if you're listening, you are fired. Uh, I, don't, I didn't get your book. Did you ha- do you have a galley? Yeah, they'll have to send it to you. Okay, I did not get one. Your, so my team, you're fired. Yeah, mm-hmm. let me tell you, because I read everybody's book, I would have had it here. I would have had questions. That's why this is on. This is me just, you know, spewing out stuff because I know you and, and like like your content. But okay, then because of that, I want to know one thing in longevity, one thing in weight loss, and one thing in the other third track that you said.
0: The one thing in weight loss is a even distribution of protein to carbohydrates, which is unusual. So we're not talking about necessarily cutting all the carbohydrates out, but really stabilizing blood sugar, not crash dieting, and really doing a one-to-one protein-to-carbohydrate ratio. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting. That is Longevity is two main meals a day and one smaller meal, which is also interesting
1: one smaller meal. So the
0: first meal and the last meal are larger and prioritized for protein and then a smaller meal in the day. And then the muscle, like if you want hypertrophy, then you'll strategize for maybe four meals a day. And actually I have a training protocol in the book and I have 80 videos. I shot 80 fitness videos.
1: Are you joking? No, I
0: could never be a fitness influencer. Oh,
1: my gosh. I was like, this is terrible. Yeah, it's hard, right? Yeah. Yeah, although you look like a fitness influencer. And
0: if they pre-order, they get all this stuff for free. And we're also having an event in uh, January. Which you in better January? come to her, January 4- 13th. Where's the event?
1: Austin. Oh, yeah, invite me. You're pff, invited. Yeah, I know. <laughs> invited, you're invited. Part of it. <laughs> you're coming. Of course I'm coming. First of all, I didn't know that you even had... Can you tell us, tell somebody that they should have sent me the book? Yes, they're fire. I'm telling you, Alexia, if you are watching, you're in big trouble. Uh, Yeah, that's kind of, mm. okay. So that's one of one. Okay. Then maybe you can come back again when I have the book so I can ask you other questions that I can then, you know, I think you did a great job. Well, thank you. I mean, I feel like, is there anything else? between? Okay. In the book, what, how about this? What made you call it forever strong? Because it's never too late. It's never too late. And strength
0: is a framework for living. I could not agree with you more. Yeah. Physical and mental strength. This book actually has mental uh, strategies in the book. Name it's, one. You're only, ever as, you're only ever going to improve up to your self-worth.
1: And if you do not feel worthy of health and wellness, you will never achieve it. So how does someone become, how does someone acquire that skill or that? Practice. Practice. Now you're speaking my language, right? Okay. Well, listen, Gabrielle, I love you. I love your content. I love that you came to LA. And let me tell you something. Guys, if you don't know who she is, please follow her. Her content is so good and it's backed by science and it's explained. she's she takes some some concepts and really breaks it down so you do, you break it down so well in layman's terms and make it very palatable for people who don't understand. And I think you're fantastic. So tell people where they can find you and where they can buy your book.
0: www.onlyfansshoe.com. Just kidding. <laughs> Not totally <the> shoe. Totally kidding.
1: <laughs> she does look like an OnlyFans. No. No, she looks like a WWE. So, so just terrible. Anyway,
0: <laughs> Dr. Gabrielle Lyon. I have a ton of um, bonuses for the book, the workouts, the eBooks, the whole thing. DrGabriellelyon.com. I have a podcast, health mm-hmm. and wellness podcast. I have a great newsletter, uh, which you can sign up on my yeah, website. Cool. Uh, YouTube. And I'm on Twitter and Instagram. Um, If you're interested in becoming a patient, call one of the providers. Yeah, because she's not not taking you. Call the practice, um, and I think that that's it. I think that's
1: it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. See ya. Bye. Bye.
2: This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network.